Has radon ever caused a problem with one of your sales? Would you like to learn how to properly test and mitigate for radon? The Virginia Department of Health now offers one and two hour CE credit radon courses taught anywhere in Virginia. To schedule a class, please call Ryan Paris at 800 468-0138. Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that Realtors face. I'm Laura Farley. I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Virginia Housing Development Authority. Hi, John. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Have you listened to any good podcasts recently? So I've been really into the Monster podcast. Yes, you turned me onto that. This season is about the Zodiac Killer. Yes, and I've... has fascinated me for a long time. Binge-watched and... Binge-listened and I'm caught up and I'm... Eagerly awaiting more episodes. Yeah, that's it's tremendous. My wife is a very big true crime podcast fan, which is great. Except sometimes she likes to listen to them while she's you know doing other things. So I'll come into the house, and a true crime podcast will be blaring at full volume. Oh no! Describing grisly things, and oh, she's no. upstairs, you know, painting or doing whatever. So that's fun. Uh, the neighbors must think you guys are strange if it can be heard outside the house they're all moving out weird oh gee Mm. so that kind of segues into our topic today which is felons in fair housing and and part of that and that's the the tie-in here is some people like the zodiac killer from monster are not people i'd necessarily want to live next door to well it's important to note that given just general statistics the zodiac killer is probably dead now so you wouldn't want to live next to him, but for different reasons. I, I don't think. want to live next to his ghost either. That's even more terrifying, I think. Yes. They could be anywhere. Yes. Right. Well, and there are plenty of other people that have been covered on different podcasts that are similar that I would probably not want to live near. Absolutely. Uh, and before we get into today's topic, which, as Laura mentioned, is felons and fair housing, uh, if you're listening to this right when it drops, first of all, thank you for being prompt. And second, please join us on Thursday, April 4th for our Legal Live on Facebook. We'll we'll be talking again about this topic in a little bit more depth, and we'll also be able to answer your questions. If you're there while we're recording the Legal Live, because we've had people drop some questions in the comments watching it days or weeks later, and sorry guys, if we're not live, then it's hard for us to get to those questions during the recording. Yeah, so set your calendar, set an alarm, do whatever you need to do, join us on Thursday, April 4th at 11 o'clock. All right. So as many of you may know, hopefully most of you know, April is Fair Housing Month, which means that we wanted to start the month off with a fair housing related topic. And there haven't really been any new developments in this area, um, but we have seen an uptick in the number of questions that we get on the legal hotline and when we're out teaching. And since we don't have an episode already devoted to this, we thought it would be a good time to cover it. Absolutely. So we're going to start with a very brief and high-level review of the Fair Housing Act so that we're all on the same page when we get into this topic with a little bit more detail. But if you want more information on the history of the Fair Housing Act, we do have an episode dedicated specifically to that from April 10th, 2018. It's episode number 42. Mm, That was a good one. It was. Uh, So the Fair Housing Act is part of the Civil Rights Act of 1968. And it prohibits four broad categories of behavior. 
First is refusing to sell or rent a dwelling to any person because of a protected class. Second is discrimination based on a protected class in the terms, conditions, or privileges of sale or rental of a dwelling. Third, advertising the sale or rental of a dwelling unit, indicating preference, limitation, or discrimination based on a protected class. And then finally, coercing, threatening, intimidating, or interfering with a person's enjoyment or exercise of housing rights based on discriminatory reasons or retaliating against a person or organization that aids or encourages the exercise or enjoyment of fair housing rights. So what are the protected classes? And if you've ever sat through one of our classes, you guys should know this. And so you're going to say it out loud with me, I trust. Hopefully. There are seven federally protected classes. Race, color, disability, religion, sex, familial status, and national origin. Virginia has also added elderliness, which is 55 and over. My mom was very insulted to hear that when I told her, and I told her I wasn't calling her elderly. The law was. It's just what the Commonwealth is saying. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the Code of Ethics adds sexual orientation and gender identity to the list for realtors. That part is really pretty easy. Don't discriminate against someone who falls into one of those 10 protected classes. But in 2013, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, also known as HUD, formalized its long-held recognition of discriminatory effects liability and created a uniform standard to apply in these disparate impact cases. So the disparate impact concept is that there may be a liability under fair housing, even from a facially neutral practice, if that practice has a discriminatory effect. So basically to, to strip that down a little bit into mm-hmm. easier language, you're what you're doing, your business practices don't have to be discriminatory on the face. But if the when you put those into place and they have a disparate impact or a more... They're more a, likely to impact. Right, a more likely impact on one of these protected classes, that could still get you in trouble. So a facially not neutral rule would be I don't rent to people of fill-in-the-blank protected class. Right. A non-facially neutral well, a facially neutral policy would be I don't rent to people that cook with fill in a spice or product that is common to one nationality. Right. We've, we've actually used that example, the, you know, cooking with a certain spice as a, you know, far out hypothetical. Um, and then we had a, a hotline question pretty recently that actually had that exact same hypothetical that was no longer hypothetical. So Life imitating art? Exactly. All right. Um, so that's now a little bit of the background. So today we're going to talk about the actual topic, which is felons and fair housing. So if you are paying attention, and hopefully you were, criminal background or previous felonies are not covered under the Fair Housing Act, Virginia law, or the Code of Ethics. So, John, why are we talking about this today? Well, in 2016, HUD released a guidance document that talked about the use of criminal background checks and how fair housing applied. Because criminal history is not directly covered by any of the protected classes, HUD used the disparate impact theory to apply fair housing protections to individuals with criminal histories. And according to HUD's 2016 guidance document, that population is up to 100 million U.S. adults. And that's about a third of our population. So what we're saying is one-third, 33% of everyone in the general population has some kind of criminal record. This means that if fair housing providers restrict access to housing solely based on a criminal record, Nearly one-third of the adults in the U.S. could have trouble securing housing, and that's not even to mention the children or other dependents that may be living with them. So what does this have to do with fair housing and disparate impact? Because if you recall, and hopefully you do, we didn't mention felons or people with criminal history as someone that's a protected class. Right. 
Well, the issue is, in 2013, African Americans were arrested at a rate more than double their proportion of the general population. And while there are more recent numbers, I wasn't able to pull them together, that number really hasn't improved at all. Right. So, uh, in this case, a facially neutral policy of not running to a felon is going to have a disparate impact on African Americans. So, does this mean you can't have a policy and have to rent to anyone with a criminal background? Not necessarily. If someone has been convicted of the manufacture or distribution, and I want to reiterate, convicted, not accused, but convicted of the manufacture or distribution, not possession, but manufacture or distribution of a controlled substance under the Controlled Substances Act, then you can have a blanket policy that excludes them. Otherwise, you have to do something that makes us as attorneys pretty nervous. Uh Uh-oh. I know. You have to look at applicants on a case-by-case basis. Otherwise, you have to do something that makes us as attorneys nervous. Uh-oh. Yeah. You have to look at applicants on a case-by-case basis. We don't like that. We like bright line rules. Absolutely. I don't like gray. These are a little fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. HUD says you need to look at the when, the why, and what's happened since the conviction before denying someone's application based on a criminal conviction. Studies have shown that rate of a convicted criminal engaging in subsequent criminal behavior decreases over time. After six or seven years without reoffending, the risk of a new offense by persons with a prior criminal history begins to approximate the risk of new offenses among persons with no criminal record. So if you have an application from an individual with a criminal conviction from, you know, let's say 60 years ago and nothing between that 60-year-ago conviction and now, there's no more likely a chance of them committing a violation than someone who has no criminal record at all. We also like to take this time to thank our sponsor. VHDA works with realtors all over Virginia to offer down payment grants and loans for first-time homebuyers. Find the right solution for your client and locate a VHDA-approved lender near you. Just visit VHDA.com. All right, John. Take it to the legal hotline. Let's go. All right, John, I have a question for you. Sure. Can I deny an applicant who has been charged with a felony but hasn't been convicted yet? Mm, That's really risky. Uh, HUD's made it clear that you need to look at convictions, not charges. So we're not going to tell you you can't do it, but it's really, really risky to do something like that. Right. Hi, Laura. If I represent a family with small children and know there is a convicted sex offender in the neighborhood, can I tell them? My favorite answer of it depends. Right. And it depends on how you came into that information. If you represented the individual and he told you as part of your representation during a transaction then it likely is still confidential and you can't tell the family. If you did not represent the individual, then you certainly can tell them and you should encourage your buyers to check the sex offender registry website. All right, John, I believe everyone deserves a second chance. Can I have a policy that I have a building dedicated to renting to individuals with criminal backgrounds? Well, first of all, it's very noble of you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, There's nothing that would actually prohibit you from doing this, but be aware that if you have a family that applies to live in that building, you can't steer them towards another building. All right, Laura, can I ever deny an applicant with a criminal history and not risk a fair housing complaint? Well, unfortunately, I can't tell you that you're never going to risk a fair housing complaint. Anybody can file a complaint at any time for any reason, but I can tell you that you will likely prevail in a few circumstances. So, first of all, if the conviction was for the manufacture or distribution of a controlled substance, and second, if the conviction was recent and the criminal conduct indicates a demonstrable risk to resident safety and or property. So how can you limit your risk? First, have a policy to run other checks, like credit, 
before criminal background. If someone is disqualified based on financing or other criteria, you don't even have to worry about potential disparate impact claims because you won't get to that point. If you're going to have a policy to not rent to individuals with criminal backgrounds, make sure the policy includes steps to look at when the offense occurred or include a cutoff period, what has happened since, and whether the crime was a threat to safety or property. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes, and please rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline, where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the Legal tab on the For Members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks. All of the members of this podcast are attorneys. The legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2019. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License.